in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here. Broadcasting live from the greatest city in the world. Austin, Texas, baby. It's Bucky and Aaron. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. B and E. What's B and E? Bucky Godbolt, Aaron Hogan on the Horn 1049 AM 1260 and hornfm.com with the Longhorns play and Austin Talks Sports. Yeah, two hours from now, we'll have it live for you. The uh, introduction of Rodney Terry as the new basketball coach on a full-time basis for the University of Texas. Finalized the new five-year deal yesterday on his 55th birthday. Been talking about that since 6 a.m. And the uh, the decision, as Chris Del Conte said, when the season is over, we will make the call. And the call was Rodney Terry for sure. We heard last hour from Jerry Hamilton uh, the impact that Rodney's going to have and has had already on the recruiting realm for the Longhorns. We'll play, let you hear a piece of sound here coming up because Ron Holland is one of the two five-star commitments for the Longhorns that has uh, you know, signed already with Texas. He and A.J. Johnson, the point guard out of Los Angeles. And before Chris Beard was was out here at Texas, Rodney Terry was the lead recruiter on both of those players. And so now he's the head coach. Can we hear from Ron Holland? He was a, He's playing at the McDonald's All-American game in the week there. And uh, he was asked yesterday about Rodney Terry getting the job and what he what he uh, connected with with Rodney Terry on the recruiting trail. Uh, I feel like Coach RT does like he's really well trusted with his guys. He um, not only does he coach them, he makes sure that they're good on and off the court. Meaning like he gets in your personal life to make sure that you're, you're just good like uh, mentally. Um, he tries to teach a lot of life lessons and that you can carry with you uh, in becoming the young man that I'm going to be. Um, just knowing that. He really cares about his players, and he's not going to give up. I feel like that makes him the players' coach. There you go. Ron Holland, a future Longhorn with high praise for Rodney Terry. So lots of like checks, a lot of boxes, and we show, you know you got to see him. It, it is interesting with his track record, right? UTEP and Fresno State. He had a 25-win team at Fresno State there after building that program, then went to UTEP, but pretty clearly wanted to be back in Austin. You know, it's just the strange way the world works. He left a head coaching job to join Chris Beard here as his top assistant and lead recruiter. He believed in the vision and wanted to be back in Austin, where he went to college and uh, wanted to, you know, spend the, the back end of his life, I guess is the way you would put it, at 55 years old. And now here he is as the head coach, the way it all worked out. So, Working out well for him. Pretty cool. Pretty cool, uh, for sure. But yeah, Rodney Terry uh, rolling in here now with a five-year deal. So, uh, Horns, excited to introduce him. And, you know, we'll see. They uh, Now you got to go after the portal. We'll hear more clarity, I would imagine, on coaches and how the you know Jerry Hamilton's belief was that most of the staff, or if not all the staff, will stay together. And they have a vision that they all came here for. And it, it stays the course with uh, now Rodney Terry uh, atop the uh, the Longhorn basketball program. And, and, by the way, on the timeline of Chris Del Conte, who took a lot of heat during March for not getting the deal done. That thing went back and forth and became a conversation topic. Dick Vitale called the Longhorns UT classless for not getting the deal done for Rodney Terry. I mean, this is just par for the course for Chris Del Conte. There's another example. I mentioned the, 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 the tennis situation with Michael Center and then Bruce Burke being named the head coach at the end of the year. And Bruce Burke had the name, wait until they won the national championship. <laughs> to uh, to be named the permanent full-time head coach replacing Michael Center, who was fired midseason when he got caught up in that FBI scandal and the admission scandal. Well, you can also think back to Tom Herman. Think back when Tom Herman was dismissed, Buck, at the end of the year. Uh, there were a lot of people, including yours truly, that felt like that was that he was a dead man walking as far as a coach after the Texas OU game 
Remember when oh, yeah. they abandoned the field and Sam Ellinger was the only one out there for the eyes of Texas and the boosters were furious? He was essentially fired there. I mean, it was it. But true to his word, Chris Del Conte waited not only till after the regular season, after the bowl game to make the call on Tom Herman. So, you know, that's the Chris Del Conte way. Um, if you go back to Tom Herman, there were a lot of influential people who thought, why don't you just go ahead and dump this guy now if we're going to dump him when the season's over and get in line for our next coach. And Chris Del Conte held the line said, no, we're going to do this on my timeline. And, uh, you know, when the season's over, we'll evaluate the whole situation and when the season's not over. So, par for the course. Yeah, I'm just going to only trust what the guy says. He, this is the way I do my business. Yeah, and there's you know, a couple real uh, public examples of that. And now Rodney Terry, as a promise, when the season is over, they'll evaluate. Yep. And now the deal is in the books. Do you think uh, Dick Vitale will rescind his comments no. calling the yeah, but who cares? administration classes? Care. Well, well, I don't think we're caring about too, way too much. Over, you know, I mean, who cares? Well, I think someone that, that as influential as Dick Vitale within the realm of college athletics and college sports calling a program classless um, would probably warrant at least a comment. It's clear that he has no idea what's going on. Sure. Of course. With anything. Yeah, but it's not like Dick Vitale is some nobody with 12 followers on Twitter. He's well, Dick he has Vitale. a following, but. I mean, he's the voice of college, the face of college basketball and has been for since I'm a, I'm a kid. He's pretty much a Lee Corso at this point, though. Okay. I mean, I'm not. I mean, his apology doesn't. I mean, it's just the guy's doing what he said he was going to do, and that's to me that was it. That that's well, sure. I'm not. I mean, there were there were other people that wanted it. I mean, I wanted. I thought it was going to happen after the Big Twelve championship, but but uh, Chris Del Conte said this is the way I do my business. Okay, this is the way you do your business. Well, and you just have trust. every right to have a dis- different opinion, but to call an institution classless for not getting it done and and making it an indictment of the school. I think that is warranted for for someone of the the prestige and the the name of Zick Vitale. I mean, you should a it was reckless. He shouldn't have said it. He yeah, shouldn't I have tweeted that, it. Yeah. So if you do tweet it, and then you know within forty eight hours of the end of their season, he's hired on a five year deal. You know, he came out with a tweet. You know, grateful for Rodney Terry to get the job, but he had nothing to say about Texas not being classless. So, uh, you know, that's. Uh, that would be would for me for someone of the of the caliber of Dick Vitale it would warrant at least a comment. I don't need an apology, but like you know, um, good on Texas or something along those lines. But that didn't come. He still thinks but he hadn't said done. that's a great move by them hiring Rodney Terry. Now he hadn't said anything. No, he said congratulations to Rodney Terry, well deserved. Essentially, was what he did. But he didn't say anything about you know Texas. He obviously still believes that they should have done it sooner. But again, the examples are out there of Chris Del Conte. Sure, that's how he does it, and um, that's. So you can you can plan for this the next time and in the next sport and the next uh, uh, you know coach. That's right. That that's how it's going to play out. It's not going to happen during the season. You can almost uh, you know guarantee that uh, with with Chris Del Conte. And we'll hear from Chris Del Conte today, I would imagine. And hell, he'll, I would assume he'll be asked that question because typically when a coach is hired in a, in a magnitude position like that, Jay Hartzell will be there. Um, you know, to give his support from the president's office and the tower. Uh, Crystal Conti will make some comments. I think it didn't put any. I don't think it put any undue pressure on them either by waiting. No, uh, look, and I, I look. I, I still believe that Rodney Terry's agent, through Kirk Bowles and some others, wanted some pressure out there. At least let it be known that this there was other options for Rodney Terry. I don't know if that was for negotiation for the for the amount and for the years and that kind of stuff, or just to let you know everyone know, hey, this is this isn't the only option we have right now. 
So people are noticing the job that Rodney's doing, and that obviously led to what we saw from Dick Vitale and some some others out there on the national scope of conversation. All right, so let's switch gears. We got a big baseball game tonight. Uh, every Tuesday in this spot, nine ten, we talk hardball with our skipper Ty Harrington, twenty years the head coach at Texas State. Um, was at Texas before that, 25 years as a manager, now doing great work. And he was on the call all weekend long with the Longhorn sweep of Texas Tech, and he joins us now on the Vaqueros Hotline. Uh, T.Y., how are you, man? Gentlemen, I'm great. Thank you. And I uh, first, let me say congratulations to Coach Terry and his staff and uh, to the players for him being announced as the head coach. You know, I mean, I haven't been in this the coaching business for a long time, and, and Bucky, I know you could relate to this. You get in the locker room, that, that thing could have gone sideways and uh, and did not through the maturity and the, and the relationships between those coaches and those players and the maturity of those players and, and their long-term goals of what they were trying to accomplish as well. And Man, it was a great ride and a fun ride if you're a Longhorn fan, but congratulations to Coach Terry and his staff and, and to those players. And Coach, that chemistry, you lived it for a long time. I mean, they – Baseball maybe even more, but basketball for sure. I mean, you, you kind of live together for, you know, four or five months. I mean, you're on road trips, and, and there's got to be harmony, and there's got to be chemistry, and something the magnitude of what happened with Chris Beard, you know, that can that can derail the chemistry pretty quickly if, if people jump off the ship and uh, get frustrated by it and, and how it's, you know, in effect, affecting them uh, didn't happen at all. And you can certainly relate to that because this is your family for six months of the year. Oh, there's no question, and I think it had a lot to do with uh, the, obviously, the staff, Coach Terry and his staff, and and uh, they they had that built-in relationship. They were working that hard as assistant coaches, and that tells you the type of people they are and what the culture they were trying to create there uh, within that program. And then to take over as the the interim and have that hanging over you for a long time, um, and to still flourish like they did. But then also, that's there's a lot of credit also to those players as well and their maturity. And, and what their long-term goals were. And so, uh, again, uh, you know, congratulations to them and, and excited for the future. Well, I, I think more than anything that, that just the, the fact that that the university has faith in, in Rodney Terry and his coaching staff that was with him, because when you start messing around with your coaches, they got families. This isn't, you know, the kids got another year of school or they may do this or they may go elsewhere. But when you're dealing with – with grown men that have job that have kids, you know, that are in middle school, high school, or whatever, that gets to be a little scary about your future and where that next paycheck is going to come from. You don't know, you know, if if you're going to be there. You don't know, uh, you know, you've got to you've got to still stay a mature man and how about these young guys they grow and they all kind of did it together. They all kind of grew together, which is a which is a good thing. It's a good thing for the wives and and the mothers of of, of these coaches to know that. You know what? My husband did his job, and he did his job with, you know, with the with the players, and he did his job with our family too. Oh, there's no question. Now we all understand what we sign up for, or what we signed yep. up for when we got into this business. But, but that doesn't change what you're talking about, Bucky. The the lives of our children, um, our wives and families, and how it does affect. You know, when you're having to move or do different things, and, and what kind of effect that can have. And again, they they left important positions to go be a part of this. Yep. And and for yep. it to for it to work out, I mean, uh, is is a true blessing for them. And 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 again, I, I I'm excited for them and, and for UT basketball. 
And I would also say before we switch gears to, to the baseball side, give some credit to Chris Beard, too, because, you know, he built the heck of a program that was foundationally strong enough to handle that. It, you know, it was a terrible situation, and now he's going to start fresh. Uh, same time, he, he built a heck of a program in a short amount of time, talent-wise, and with good people like Rodney Terry and Bob Donawald and Chris Ogden, and uh, hiring solid people like that below him uh, tells you a lot about who he's looking to hire uh, when it's time. Hey, Ty, the baseball, you were a part of the broadcast this weekend. It was a kind of a litmus test for the Longhorns. We knew they had won 11 in a row going into the series with Texas Tech, uh, but obviously there was some, you know, the, the level of, of you know, quality of opponents that they had played in that 11-game stretch was, was lesser than you're used to, and you're not going to see teams like that in the Big 12. So this was a, a barometer. What did you take away from the three-game sweep? Two walk-offs wins, a 6-2 to win on Friday night, pretty complete for the Horns. Oh, no question. And it, it just all, also a great reminder of just how crazy this game is and why we're addicted to her as well and, uh, and the different ways to win. And, you know, when you're on the win side of it, it certainly, you know, uh, is a lot more jubilant and fun and, uh, and not as cruel. Um, but when you were Texas this weekend, I, I love a lot of things about what happened this weekend. And, and the analytics will tell you, you know, man, they're, they're hitting 282 as a team now, and their opponents are only hitting 229. I mean, that's a 53-point squeeze in between. That's starting to show you the separation of, of who they are and the, and the work that Woody and them have done and Coach Pierce with, on the mound uh, with their pitching. And you're starting to see their defense rise. And, and one of that, to me, is the insertion and the adaption of – uh, Peyton Powell at third base. Now, it, that guy was a catcher in high school. I saw him when he was a freshman in high school in Robinson and recruited that young man. And his transformation to third base has been unreal. That guy makes playing third base now look, you know, a lot easier than it is. Third base is a, a tough transition from short to third even. But now from catcher to third, they've done great work with him and, and uh, the staff and, and his commitment to it. And I think they've made a huge difference. But you're starting to see, you know, Texas really find ways to win. That shows you their competitive spirit. Now that, that now you're adding to not just what they're capable of doing physically. Now you're starting to see a little bit of what they're doing emotionally and what you're starting to, you know, see how important it is for them. And when you look at the top of their lineup and, and what they're able to do, of course, Kennedy, you know, the, one of the more mature hitters, obviously over 600-some-odd at-bats in college baseball. That is a lot, by the way. <laughs> and and how many how many pitches? You guys start paying attention to this if you want to. Or maybe I'd just geek out of this and nobody else does. But the, they have – Porter Brown and Peyton Powell have such long at-bats. They, they, I mean, they're, you know, they're not afraid to get into two strike counts. That top half of that order, which is a mature part of it, and O'Dowd the same way at times, they're, they're having long, lengthy at-bats. And what does that do? Well, your free base ratio, strikeout ratio starts to go up. When you do that, that means that you're getting their, the opposing team starting pitcher out of the game sooner because he's having to throw more pitches, and that means you're getting to the other team's bullpen quicker. And historically, when you get into other people's bullpens mid-game-wise, that stuff's not as good as what the starter was. Um, Mike, that's why you're starting to see, and you go look in the run-score ratio for Texas and what they're doing from the sixth inning on um, is pretty impressive. And, uh, and so there's a lot of things from an analytical standpoint that they're outweighing the other, their opponent, 
And one of the ones which you saw this weekend was the slugging percentage, you know, based on their homers this weekend, which was really a, a lot of fun to watch and call. I mean, they're, they're on, I mean, their slugging percentage is like 482 and their opponents is only 335. That's a 150 point, 147 point difference. That's significant in, in what they're trying to do. So the power numbers were fun. And then the creative way, I think the halls of, or the walls, I should say, of Dish Falk came to life on Saturday, um, you know, in the tie game. And, and Porter Brown hits the leadoff double. Then you see the balk, and then you see the wild pitch. Uh, there's a lot of UT fans that have been there since the 70s, the 80s, that have probably have seen something similar to that often enough. You know, Ty, in, a, in, in all sports, when you get a winning streak like, like this baseball team has right now, it's hard to do no matter who your competition is. And in a sport where – you can take one step forward and eight steps backwards on any given night. This group seems to be taking those steps each and every game, and they're all forward. I mean, do you notice that? As you said, they're winning in all different ways, which tells me that they're, they're on the move in the right direction. And, and it's happening in each game no matter who the competition is. Oh, no, I think it's a great point. Um, they're, they're, their confidence level has risen and obviously if you've won 14 in a row you're doing something uh physically right but you're also doing something emotionally right and um and and your belief in in trying to win and what it takes to win um and you know they're they're being coached to the manner of you know get out and compete have quality at bats quality moments all those things and they're coming to fruition for them but they're taking steps in a really positive manner. Um, and again, confidence is, is one of the hardest things to gain and one of the easiest things to lose. And so trying to maintain that, going to your point, Bucky, about, you know, you can take a 10 steps forward and, you know, 18 back, however quick, quickly you can, uh, particularly if you've got an inexperienced and a youthful team, uh, but right now they are trending, if that's the right word for it, and they're playing at a really high level in the in the areas that they need to. Um, and the consistency part of what they're trying to do, um, and particularly off of the mound, has, has been a lot of fun to watch. And now their offense has opened up. Those barrels opened up on Saturday and particularly on Sunday driving balls out of the ballpark. I mean, you could have you could have drawn a little circle around the three deep balls that Peyton Powell hit as to where they landed. They were just lined up perfectly and, and talks a lot about his approach uh, as a hitter right now. Peyton Powell, uh, 50 total bases already, Coach, and only five strikeouts. That tells you what kind of hit season he's having uh, in the middle of that order. Porter Brown with the at-bats, Eric Kennedy, and Garrett Gilmet. now. You also have four guys over 1,000 OPS if Gilmet can get there. He had the big walk-off homer on Sunday. At, um, you know, we didn't Last year's lineup was so, so historically great offensively. This one's coming. This one's coming. And if Dylan Campbell gets it going with the batting average, uh, it's going to be a pretty deep lineup. The pitching staff itself, what would you see? What would you like? Obviously, Lucas Gordon, great on uh, Friday. Uh, Zane Morehouse closing that thing out, which was a nice move. Uh, Travis Staley and LBJ on Saturday. And then you know, they're still trying to figure out that back end of that bullpen, it feels like, those last six outs on a Sunday, uh, last nine outs. It's going to be a challenge for every team, but uh, particularly long we're still trying to, to solve that. Well, the six outs on a, on a conference series on a Sunday is critical, and they're hard, so hard to get because it's sometimes you go back to guys that have already exhausted – 
you know, physically, maybe even emotionally, uh, what they've already contributed to the weekend. Uh, you go back to the Wellum again, and, and they're competing, and maybe their stuff isn't as repeatable as what it was on Friday and Saturday. Um, but I liked, obviously, what you just mentioned. I thought Gordon was good. I thought Morehouse was really good on Friday night. That was electric. That was 94 to 96 downhill with enough breaker to it, enough depth on his breaker, and his command was was good as well. Uh, and on Saturday, you know, Staley didn't have his best stuff. Uh, and, I, and I honestly believe this. Had he, had he pitched the night before with the umpire the night before, he would have been at game a little bit longer too um, on Saturday. But – um, I thought they they did a, a good job of, of coming behind him and relieving, and I, you know Shaw I thought was good as well in his moment, and he's going to have to pitch tonight because A&M's got a left-handed hitting lineup, and so I, I foresee him jumping in there and being a, a major contributor in, in tonight's game possibly as well. But um, and then on Sunday I thought Hurley he wasn't as sharp as what he's been command wise. He hit a couple, walked a couple, which is not his mo. Um, I, and I think I heard Zeke say, you know, he was kind of effectively wild. That's that's true. Um, but I, I think he was – I think there were moments you could start to really dream moving forward with him um, as to the contribution level, whether it's as a starter or as a reliever. Um, but I thought there were times that, that he was good as well. And then Ace Whitehead, I, you got to give that guy credit. He came into a huge momentum swing, huge momentum swing, when Tech was scoring in the eighth and ninth innings, and he came in there and held him enough to allow his offense to do what uh, Gilmet did and uh, and hit the walk off home run. And I'm going to say this: and Gilmet's home run is a contribution to the way they do things. When you start looking at Texas's free base uh, ratio to strikeout ratio, those guys when they're really good, they don't chase. They get into better counts. They get into counts that they can hit, and he did that. He didn't chase early in that count, got into a 2-0 count, kind of cornered the pitcher a little bit to have to come back into the middle part of the plate, not wanting to walk the leadoff. And, I mean, he absolutely <laughs> landed all over that baseball. I don't know if he's hit a ball any further than that in his career, uh, but, man, it was some kind of exciting. I was standing outside the dugout getting ready for the postgame show, and as soon as that ball was hit, there were about 35 orange jersey you know, jumping over the top of that, you know, their uh, railing to go run onto the field to celebrate. And so it was certainly exciting to watch. Certainly was. And it'll be exciting tonight. I know Texas A&M's in a struggle right now. They uh, just got swept by Tennessee, and they're 1-5 to start conference play, but they played LSU and Tennessee to start it. So that's a that's a tough way to go. But they'll uh, it'll be a, a fiery and, and rowdy, uh, you know, a building tonight for the Longhorns come to town. No question about it. And, you know, the other thing is, is what's going to happen is A&M's going to start a freshman, Shane Sadeo, and I think I'm saying that right. Um, he's had eight appearances. His numbers are good. I mean, it's a 2-3 ERA. And, and so that part of it, you know, they're, gonna, they're searching for him making his first start. And uh, the guy's got really good numbers. What is going to contribute possibly tonight is going to be the wind. Uh, historically, the wind in uh, Bluebell blows out. Uh, out of that south wind, just like it, kind of like at Texas, or that north wind, it's going to cut in, uh, possibly from center or back across the right, just a little bit. So it's going to come into play tonight, and it's going to come down to a strike throwing contest: who can throw the most strikes and who can go defend the baseball if the wind's blowing out and it cuts that field in half, and makes it really, really challenging uh, to hit balls out of there. But that, but AM, if you go through their numbers. I mean, it's pretty explanatory. It, it, they're hitting 268, which isn't 
you know, unbelievable. It isn't terrible in a sense that they do create free bases. They do take their walks. But the opposing team's hitting 250. That's only an 18-point difference between there. Now, you can, you can justify some of that by saying the two teams that they started off with, with LSU at home, who we saw earlier in the year against Texas, which is a really good-looking club and has held on to that number one spot now for quite some time in, in the rankings in, in college baseball. And then Tennessee, who was coming off of a bad weekend at Missouri, and I'm sure they were upset and, and a little bit more motivated than probably what they may have been if they'd have won one or two at Missouri, who is a good baseball team as well. And uh, and so a little bit it's got to do with their competition. Um, but, look, it, you guys know this. It doesn't matter if, if – if A&M and Texas are playing dominoes against each other, it's going to be crowded. It's going to be loud. It's going to be intense, and it's going to be competitive. And uh, and so I'm anxious to, to see how tonight's game goes and, and how much fun it's going to be. I'm going to saddle up at a restaurant with some buddies and some Aggie and some Longhorn friends and, and uh, watch the SEC Network and then pull up to Texas State you know, UTRGV game and, and sit over there and probably have a handful of Bud Lights and uh, watch the game tonight. It's going to be fun. It is always good when the maroon meets the burnt orange. And uh, as our man CB lets us know, Texas hasn't beaten the Aggies since June of 2018 in the Austin Regional. So looking to get a win and extend that win streak to 15. Uh, Longhorns, of course, off to Oklahoma State this weekend for three games. And it's the tonight's the first Longhorn road game since March 5th. Been three weeks since the Longhorns have played a road game. Uh, they will do so tonight at 6 o'clock. Thank you, Coach. Appreciate it. Ty Harrington uh, every Tuesday with us at 910. Thanks, Ty. Yeah, gentlemen, and look, I appreciate it too. And also, you can everybody that's going to watch that game tonight, you can do like I do. Put it on the screen and then turn it on the horn and listen to Craig Way call the game, and you get the best of both worlds. I know that's right. I know that's right, my friend. Great advice. There's Ty Harrington. Also with some thoughts on Rodney Terry and uh, his hiring and what the job he did this year. Uh, we'll come back when we do, uh, pick up these conversations, reset the uh, the top stories of the morning, and get you ready to talk uh, Longhorn basketball. T.J. Ford will join this show about 945, the lifetime legendary Longhorn coming your way on b e It's Bucky and Aaron. Before the top of the hour, we'll talk Texas basketball with uh, one of the greatest, if not the greatest player ever to play basketball at the University of Texas. T.J. Ford will join us. His thoughts on uh, the hiring of Rodney Terry, who he was while at Texas. Rodney, of course, was a assistant coach for Rick Barnes, and now he is the head coach of the Texas Longhorns. Thank you to Ty Harrington. Good stuff right there talking about Longhorn baseball. I love talking, uh, you know, you know me, Buck, I geek out on that stuff. You know, his separation between batting average, you know, your batting average versus opposing batting average. The Longhorns starting to stretch that out. And, you know, when you look at the Longhorns lineup now, David Pierce told us on Thursday that they really like the way the offensive lineup is coming together. It was a work in progress to start the year, and now you're seeing it. And as I mentioned with Coach, if Garrett Gilmet continues to hit the ball well, uh, they're going to have four batters that are over 1,000 OPS in their lineup, which wow. is really good. Because uh, Peyton Powell and Porter Brown – Eric Kennedy already there, and uh, Gamut is climbing there, uh, the catcher. So uh, that's uh, that's, and then you, you feel like as the season goes on, Dylan Campbell is going to continue to improve, and that'll give you five dudes. And, and you know, Mitchell Daly still a good player, and Jared Thomas, the freshman's coming, and uh, you kind of see these guys. At the same time, you got five guys that you can you know st- extend a lineup with and really wear out a pitching staff. That's where the Longhorns want to get, and their pitching staff is kind of coming together as well, like where it's headed right now for the Longhorns, now ranked 21st. Yeah, and E2, a good friend of you and, and myself and yours, uh, lifetime Longhorn Calvin Sheraldi, just text me and let me know this is his fourth 
anniversary of sobriety today. Four That's years. Awesome. That That's is awesome. that is man. Continue good luck for you. You are an inspiration. So keep it up. Keep up the and good you, work for you, you and gave your me family. That, uh, book that he wrote uh, in the arena, I believe. It's oh, it's called. a I'm fantastic start, book. I'm looking forward to starting to read that book um, that Calvin Chiraldi has written. So yeah, congratulations to him on four, four years. years. Good job. Also, uh, let me mention, we said earlier, we just heard that Callahan's general store tip. Uh, Murray Callahan passed away over the weekend. Yes. Wanted to send a shout-out to the Callahan family and my buddy Charlie Wilson over there. He sent me a text early Saturday morning that Murray had passed away. He was uh, the patriarch there at, at Callahan's, 93 years young, and uh, always would greet people at the door. That's one of the things about that Callahan's. You walk in, and they've got people greeting you and uh, – um, just the nicest people there for 45 years, and Murray passed away. So thoughts and prayers to the Callahan family and everybody there at Callahan's General Store. All right, this isn't good news. Before we get back to uh, the good news of you know, with T.J. Ford. So, you know, Jerry Jones, you know him? He's the owner of the Cowboys, general manager of the Cowboys. Coach. Coach at times. Right. Well, apparently this uh, – Head of player personnel. Head of everything. Yes. So we know that there is a woman, 26 years old, who claims that Jerry Jones the daddy. is her father. You are the father. You are the father. Speaking of Murray Callahan, Mari Povich. Yes. Uh, Alexandra Davis, the 26-year-old, now alleges in a newly filed lawsuit that Jerry Jones and a longtime Arkansas friend initiated a deliberate plan to portray uh, her, his own daughter, as an extortionist and a shakedown artist whose motivation was money and greed. So um, so ESPN was the first to report the lawsuit Monday evening. Uh, Jones and his lawyers were unavailable for comment. So um, Davis filed an initial lawsuit back in March of last year, claiming Jones was her father and that the Cowboys owner had been paying her and her mother uh, at least hundreds of thousands of dollars to conceal the secret. Well, the new lawsuit was filed on Monday, and the Texarkana Federal Court claims that in the weeks following the lawsuit, Jones and his representatives embarked on a public campaign to attack her character based knowingly on false statements and accusations. More money? More money, more money, more money? Well, look, he does, he, you know, she, people are going to say she wants money, but she wants, she wants him to acknowledge her as his daughter. That's what he's, she's been asking for. She wants that spot in the front office. Yep, well, everybody else works in the front <laughs> office. That's at Jones. <laughs> she needs to get that spot. Everyone else has a gig, Stephen. She knows how old that old man Charlotte. is. Charlotte. Is she going to have a spot in the will part of it? Well, now, look, in her initial lawsuit, she claims that, you know, Jerry, think about this from her side. She knows good and well Jerry Jones has been paying her mom. Oh, yeah. For years and years. So he's not denying that he's the father. He's been paying hundreds of thousands of dollars to keep it a secret. Which she has benefited from, yeah. Sure, but it's no longer a secret. And now she's suing, saying, well, you can't assassinate my character based on something you 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 know it's wrong. You know In other words, I still need more money. Unless his mom signed some of kind of NDA agreement. Well, I think she did. That that was her argument though. I didn't sign it. My mother signed it. My mother signed it in I am now a vage I didn't sign it. Yes. And now I'm an adult. And so I need more money, more show money. Show me the money. Or show me that job. Give me that J O B. I'm she, the new general manager. Can I be the general manager? <laughs> can I run the war room this year? Might as might as well. That's embarrassing uh, for Jerry Jones, but it's Alexandria Davis. I wonder how many many others there are that are being paid. This one's been hidden for a long time. Yeah, but there's probably some people that are just taking that money with a smile on their face. Well, the mom, oh, yeah, the there's mom, tons right? that just take the certain amount and go away. Others, well, the mother took the NDA, signed the NDA, and took the money. 
The daughter is now saying, uh-uh, not up in here. I'm not done with you. I need it on that gravy train. <laughs> I need that front office job. Plus, when you go, and, I'm still your daughter. There's cash to be had here. Well, and let's not be flippant too much. It's That's her, her father, and she would like to be acknowledged by her father as my father. And don't I don't want my father denigrating my character, but all I'm asking for is acknowledgement. Come on, Dad. I would love. I'm going to give that a 50 50. I'm going to be. I'm going to give that a 50 50 deal. I want you to know that Jerry Jones is my father. That that's what she's very proud of. I'm I, I'm going to give that a 50 50 shot. She's proud maybe. of it or not, but if it's a fact, it's a fact. Well, she know, we all know, we, but we know that we know that. But you can understand a human being wants to know that and be acknowledged by their own father. If that's their father, right, and not assassinate or care. But isn't assassinate. there more to being a father than just? Well, sure. Just, you know, putting something in, money, plugging and yeah. Sure. But at the same time, she's saying, okay, not only are you not acknowledging me, now you're calling me a shakedown artist. I'm your daughter. I just want some acknowledgement over here. Okay. I acknowledge you are my daughter. Is that it? Uh, not so fast, my friend. Sure. No, she, I'm sure there's something more to it. But uh, I would also say this on the flip side. Jerry Jones should own up to it. He's the father. That's his daughter. But he has been making the payments, right? To the mom. We can. I mean, I'm sure they could hook up a wire transfer with her, too. Well, she doesn't need to get paid. She's 26 years old. Get a job. Well, what does she true. need to get paid for? Isn't she past the age of, of uh, you know, even when you get a divorce? Aren't, I mean, after divorce, aren't you well, done okay, after 18 I'll, I'll or something? I'll play the devil's advocate. If you father okay. a child, you're the father. Yes. And just because you worked out a deal with the mom... That that you didn't work out a deal with the daughter who wants your acknowledgement. That's okay. not nothing wrong with that. Once again, I'll, I'll say, okay, I'm your dad. Okay. Do I owe you anything at 26 years old? What do I owe you? Uh, did do I? Is there something? Do you want to go for a walk in the park? Do you want to come over for you Christmas want, dinner? Hey, you, want to, you want to have a catch? Hey, I I've, mean, what, do you, what is it that you want? I've seen that yacht you have. <laughs> oh, see, there you go. That's. I know you let the grandkids take the yacht out for spring break. Why I can't get I get up on that yacht? <laughs> oh. We don't really know each other. I'm acknowledging I'm your I'm your dad, and here I've been paying your mom while you grew up. You were getting you know everything was everything By the way, was that good. That is a true story. Do you know that the there was there were the grandkids got to use that yacht for like spring break. So they told Skipper, "Hey, you need to. I don't know what you're doing for spring break, but we're taking a yacht and you're well, yeah, driving that, that, it? That, that yacht. The what is it? The Bravo Eugenia. Remember yes. the, during COVID, we followed that thing all over the globe <laughs> with the tracking. It software. was still moving. Yeah, he was everywhere. Well, it's got a full crew, so the, the, they went. She's saying, "Look, get me on that yacht. I got a birthday coming up." She's twenty six, dude. She's done. Still her dad? Uh, no, there's. You can't, you can't just d- dismiss that, that 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 he fathered that child, and that child wants acknowledgement. But she doesn't get any more payments after that. I mean, there's a certain there's a certain number that you get to. Then I don't have to be making payments for you. Don't even live at the house. Legally, he doesn't owe her anything. That's what I'm saying. Legally, after eighteen, you're done, right? Unless it, a court does rule that he he what he attacked her with character assassination, yeah, mal or whatever it's called, yeah. But and if it's if, if he knows good and well that what he's saying is wrong, Jerry, make this go away. That's well, that's he probably should have cut a deal before she filed a lawsuit, and it would have stayed a secret instead of jamming her. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's not like this is making anyone think differently of. Jerry Jones, we all, we knew he was up to these. Oh, hey, we'll get a timeout. We'll come back. We'll talk basketball did go to with TJ Ford. <laughs> we'll come talk basketball uh, with TJ Ford on the other side. Come right back.
It's Bucky and Aaron. Yeah, by the way, if, uh, Jerry Jones, as the father of a 26-year-old, that means he was Ooh. in mid-50s Too fathering this child. Busy while he was married. <laughs> That's what course. it sounds like. Of course. He's 80. Hey, you can go ahead and make fun of it all you want to, CB, but Hardball better just, you know, <laughs> Hard's better, you know, chill out there. Hey, uh, let's switch gears because coming up at 11 o'clock today, when we hand it off to light the tower at the top of this hour, Craig Way and uh, Jeff Howe will be live on campus where they're going to bring you the, the news conference live, the introduction of Rodney Terry as the next head coach and the permanent head coach of the University of Texas. Uh, to discuss it, let's go to the Vaqueros hotline and uh, welcome to the airways a lifetime legendary Longhorn who played on a team that had Rodney Terry as a, uh, an assistant coach. He is TJ Ford. TJ, good morning. Good morning. How you guys doing this morning? Doing fantastic, man. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good, man. Hey, good listen. Day. Hey, happy birthday. You just yeah, turned happy 40. happy belated birthday, man. Yeah, man. Turned big 4-0. So, you know, new new journey, right? New journey, new experience. Feel pretty good. Reached 40 years old. That's hard to believe because we, we covered your Final Four team when we were doing this show. Hard to believe you're 40, but uh, welcome to the club and... Uh, happy birthday to you! What a, what a run it was because through your birthday, the Longhorns were making a run to the uh, to the Elite Eight. That had to be a lot of fun to be a part of and watch. Oh man, it was amazing, right? Just to you know watch the guys grind throughout the entire season and be resilient and um, play great team basketball. It was fun to watch them throughout the entire year and to be able to watch uh, the staff, uh, you know, get to the tournament and, and gain two wins and uh, get past. You know, with the first weekend, make it to the Sweet 16. So, man, it was good basketball to watch and watching guys elevate and take their games to the next level. Uh, it's always great and fun to see. TJ Ford is with us, just turned 40 years old, but uh, got to ride that. And, you know, uh, th- there was a the piece of sound that we played, and every, I think a lot of people heard of Rodney Terry talking to, you know, got really emotional about the guys on the team and just, you know, it was all about the team and he's going to miss those guys and it was genuine. Uh, that went viral uh, throughout the basketball world. And uh, I think you understand that as much as anybody because Rodney was saying, look, this isn't about this season for us and these guys. I'll be, I'll be going to their weddings. I'll be there when their kids are born. I mean, that's, that's the kind of, uh, of leader and coach that Rodney Terry is. It's not just for this season or while you're here. It's for life. I mean, of course. I mean, I've been knowing him since I was in college. And uh, he's been in tune and been intact with the players he coached from. University of Texas when he was here the first time, even going all the way back to Fresno State. So, um, you know, what a great guy to the opportunity to come lead as a, a associate head coach from the beginning uh, to show that his determination and his heart felt of bleeding, burn orange, what he could do. And, um, you know, he was able to do that. Uh, when you look back, just I think Coach Beard was a guy that trusted these guys that could help him, you know, create this culture and create this way. And I think, uh, you know, that commitment, I mean, I think it showed and it displayed. And uh, him to be able to be the intern coach and, you know, keep our team, you know, with those high standards and high expectations. And, uh, he was able to lead us to Elite Eight. Um, and it feels good that he was deserving to really get the job and, and lead us here for, for the next couple of years. You know, TJ, uh, the, the strength of any team and, and, and the players, it's the players' ability to become cohesive. And, you know, you have to have uh, strong people around you. And that's, and I got to believe with, with the players and Rodney and his staff, but the players themselves, and through no, you know, no fault of their own, they were put into a situation that they, you know, they had to 
you know, some guys would say, I mean, you know, if, if you're part of a family and a close-knit group, sometimes you look around and say, is, is there something I could have done, something I could have said, even to a, to a grown man like Chris Beard. But through no fault of their own, they still have to be cohesive. you gotta, you got to come together. And for these guys, with, with all the veteran leadership they have, but they had some young players on this team that these veterans had to show, this is how you handle your business. This is what it's about in handling your business. I thought they did a great job of handling their business. I mean, they did a great job. And, you know, University of Texas basketball program is still is one of the biggest platforms for any athlete to showcase his talent that has the dream and aspirations to be an NBA basketball player. And I think what you're able to notice now, the difference between 20 years ago and now, is that uh, kids feel that they really have a great opportunity. Guys are, I don't even want to call it chasing a dream. I think they're going for their dreams. And, um, I, I, you know, at the end of the day, no matter what happens, these guys were able to deal with the adversity and understood, you know, they, they wasn't going to let that affect their, their, their career of trying to be a professional athlete. No question about that. T.J. Ford is with us, uh, and the Longhorns will introduce Rodney Terry as the new head coach coming up at 11 o'clock this morning. University of Texas has made it official now on a five-year contract. Uh, T.J., uh, you're off-court stuff now. What are you up to these days? Uh, I know you have the T.J. Ford Foundation. You're, you're involved in you know, coaching the youth of, uh, of the area and uh, still you know, making basketball, having your presence felt within the game of basketball still. Oh, man, I just love, love the fact the game at, at all levels, right? So having my youth program, uh, giving kids from second grade all the way up to, you know, high school kids opportunity to learn this game, play this game, and um, spend time with them in the gym to kind of give them the, the foundation it takes to be successful with this stuff. So uh, for me coming up, you know, obviously the next couple of weeks here, you're gearing up uh, for the NCAA Live here for high school kids to go out where college coaches can physically come out and, and watch them play against some of the best talent around the country. And I look forward to sitting on the sideline, coaching these kids and uh, showing them the style of basketball to give them the best chance to get recruited and get to a college where they can, you know, pursue number one education, but, you know, pursue their, their basketball dream. The T.J. Ford uh, Academy uh, continues to flourish and grow under T.J.'s leadership and uh, still impacting the game. Hey, let me ask you this real quick. Last thing, we'll let you get going. Uh, the, you know, I know when Chris Beard was what took over, he really wanted to open up the program to the, to the alumni and get you guys back involved in the program. And I'm assuming Rodney Terry will, will pick up that ball and run with it because it was really neat to see all of you guys on social media talking about the team and Kevin Durant and uh, LaMarcus and Royale, everybody rooting this team along. Uh, I'm assuming that continues with Rodney Terry, and it's good to see everybody back a part of this program and growing with it, now playing in the Moody Center. You know, obviously, uh, you know, I don't take anything away from, from Coach Beard. I think Coach Beard, uh, you know, did an amazing, amazing job. Uh, I think he's going to do an amazing job at, at Ole Miss. I think he's going to turn that thing around pretty, pretty fast as well. Um, you know, the coaches here, you know, obviously Rodney Terry uh, has – real personal relationship with guys um, that go back, you know, 10, 15, even 20 years with myself. Um, so I think you get a, a, a whole nother level of engagement from us former players, all us former players. Uh, you know, we got guys retiring, we got guys in tune. So I think you'll be able to see a, a, a difference with these guys being more active, more present. Obviously, you know, people see me around and involved all the time, but I think you'll really start seeing uh, more uh, other former players uh, being more engaged, being more supportive, and uh, being more visible 
um, based on the relationship that they do have with uh, Rodney Terry and Chris Ock. It's awesome. We look forward to that uh, because it, it was a fun ride this year. Let's hope they can build on that and uh, take it to the next level and be in the Final Four next year. Thank you, TJ. Appreciate it. And again, happy birthday, my friend. Happy birthday, man. Be safe. Okay, you guys enjoy. Anytime. TJ Ford. There you go. Always accessible. And uh, 40 years old. That is, uh, I know there are milestones. I mean, your kids, my, my oldest is going to turn 25 this year, so I know it moved, time flies. You have a, a almost a 40-year-old yourself. Yes, I do. It's getting right there next year. <laughs> but when I looked that up, because I, I knew his birthday, I'd seen it last week that he Man. had a birthday. 40 now. When that kid came out of Willow Ridge High School, for you youngsters out there that don't remember, TJ Ford at Willow Ridge High School, who was his backcourt mate at Willow Ridge? Oh. Uh, gosh, he went to Duke. They were like, went 75 and 1 at Willow Ridge High School. 75 and 1. Yeah, wow. 62 game winning streak in high school. Daniel Ewing was his name. And they couldn't lose, go. man. And when and you you know it was cool to see Texas in the Final Four when Rick Barnes landed the commitment of T.J. Ford to Texas. That was a an all timer because it made playing basketball at Texas cool. Because it, at that point everybody left Texas to go to Duke Absolutely. or North Carolina or Kentucky. All the good players. T.J. made it cool to come to Texas, and it really for Rick Barnes was a pivotal moment in the growth of the program. Cool to have him still a part of it. And you heard him right there with Rodney Terry now as the head coach. He will be big-time engaged, and he thinks a lot of guys who played under Rick Barnes and Rodney Terry while they were here will be a big part of this. So uh, that was cool. That was cool. Thank you, TJ. Uh, coming Thank up, you. Buck, have a good Tuesday, man. You too, man. You guys be safe out there. T.Y., if you uh, if your dad has those tickets, I know somebody wants to buy them to the Final Four, you jinx. We'll, fi- <laughs> we'll find that out. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, hey, everybody have a great one. Thank you to TJ Ford. Thank you to Ty Harrington. Thank you to Jerry Hamilton. From uh, On3 Sports and Inside Texas, we'll get all those posted up on our social medias if you missed them. Good content today, good stuff. Coming next, it's Light the Tower from the UT campus.